Welcome back to the Carnivore Yogi Podcast. Today's episode is with my friend and returning guest, Heather Shepard. And we are going to talk about what all of these diets get wrong. And yes, I included the carnivore diet in that title. However, I want to make a quick little distinction before we jump into the episode. I do actually think that more of a carnivore style diet or something like a high fat diet is appropriate for somebody that struggles with insulin resistance and severe leptin resistance. I think that eating those carbohydrates, even in the summertime, if you are someone that struggles with those issues is inappropriate. So I wanna throw that in there before we jump into this full episode for any of my people who have been listening to the show for a while. I do think eating a seasonal diet is really where it's at when you get to that place of optimal health, but some of us do need to look at our insulin levels, our leptin levels, blood sugar, all of those things before we make such a leap. (laughs) So there's a lot in this episode. I hope that you guys enjoy it. There are a ton of timestamps linked down in the show notes, as well as all of Heather's information how you can find her, you can do her programs, her Sunlight RX. She has so many amazing things that she does. So that's all going to be linked down in the show notes with all of those timestamps again, so you can navigate around through this episode. Now, one of the things that Heather and I really dive into very deeply in this episode is circadian rhythms and how those actually influence our gut health, believe it or not. I know it sounds completely wild. How could circadian rhythms have anything to do with your gut health. So we dive into that deeply here, but one of the ways that I take control of my circadian health is with using my Viva Rays circadian glasses. Now mine are gonna be linked down in the show notes for you. You can use my code Yogi over at Viva Rays to save 15%. I highly recommend these over most of the other popular brands, especially something you can find over on Amazon because they have actually been tested with a spectrometer. These are, they are what they say they are. The blue blocking glasses industry can be a little bit shady, believe it or not. (laughs) So it is really good to have a brand that I know I can rely upon to do what they say they're gonna do that I can recommend to my clients as well. Second sponsor of today's show is going to be Optimal Carnivore. Now, I actually just had my blood work done at 36 weeks here in pregnancy. And one of the things my doctor said was, most women deal with anemia during pregnancy. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. So Optimal Carnivore is part of that what I'm doing routine. You can use my code carnivore uppercase Y to save over at Optimal Carnivore linked down in the show notes. All right, let's get into the show. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back and tuning into the podcast today. I have a returning guest and a friend of mine, Heather Shepard. We are going to talk about her new program called the sunlight diet and probably a few other things. Cause <laughs> there's so much always to talk about, but Heather, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's always my pleasure to be here. Happy to talk about the sunlight diet and whatever other shenanigans we get into for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the last time you were on, we'll just maybe like review a little bit and I'll, I'll link that down in the show notes. If people want to go back and listen to that episode, I had so much amazing feedback on the episode. People were like, Oh, I love Heather. Just feel like I can learn so much from her, but you basically recovered from traumatic brain injury. You had 
some pretty significant health issues and were able to, instead of going like the allopathic medicine route, kind of go a different route. Can we do a quick little review of that before we jump into the other stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, when I was in my early twenties, I was in a bad car accident and, and uh, smashed a telephone pole in two, hit my head, had a really bad concussion. And um, at that time in my life, I was very much in my physical body, training professional athletes. I just graduated college, was playing division one basketball. And so that was my life for up until that, that car crash, I hit my head and um, CAT scans, MRIs, all clear. They were totally normal. And so like, yeah, go back to work, go back to work. But I literally couldn't migraines and um, dizziness and vertigo. And literally I couldn't take a step without pressure coming into my brain. And um, for so many years, I tried so many different things. You just name like the therapy and I probably tried it, spent so much money on, on certain, a lot of different modalities. And then literally it was like a 10 year, 10 year struggle. Um, and uh, until I came across, I, I say that the two biggest uh, modalities in my life have been sunlight and, and homeopathy and also diet. But I feel like really what made this, helped me make this huge transition with my healing was definitely um, sunlight and, and homeopathy for sure. So once I realized that 10 years in, it was the huge turnaround with, with my health. Um, so that's, a, that's a, my story in a nutshell. Yeah, and we'll definitely link, <clears throat> excuse me, down in the show notes, the longer podcast where we really talk about that. But I don't know your opinion on this. Sometimes I get people kind of commenting or, or, or just going back and forth with this. But I honestly feel like if you start to make those changes with your circadian rhythms, yeah. that all the other changes become easier, you know, because most people go the diet route because yeah. it's like kind of the low hanging fruit, which we're going to talk about today. Yeah. But I, I feel like you're going to be able to get those neurotransmitters going get out of that low dopamine state that maybe is keeping you stuck in a lot of those old eating patterns or habits. It's going to be a lot easier to make transitions if you follow something like, you know, circadian rhythms, would you say? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, you know, because I always, um, tell people that the getting your circadian rhythms, your circadian biology into a healthier state is like, the foundation that everything mm -hmm. else builds upon and you can try all these different things and they may even diet it may you know mm -hmm. help you're like oh my gosh i'm feeling great a weekend maybe even a month in and then you're like you know you, you reach this like plateau and then almost go in the opposite direction again and often until we have the circadian biology piece really solid this solid like slab of foundation you can't really build much off of that that's going to hold in place and stick in place until that happens and you can do that with sunlight and your indoor light environment and even your diet you can you can support your circadian biology using those elements for sure yeah so let's i mean let's jump into this diet topic because 
I've talked about this a lot on, on other podcasts and just little solo episodes that we'd look at food, I think too black and white. Now, I think you and I could both agree, like a vegan diet is probably a poor choice of diets. I think we're, I think we're all pretty much in, in agreement on that one. Um, but when we look at diet, it's not just as simple as, uh, keto carnivore versus like pro metabolic, you know, I, I now knowing kind of what I know, I feel like there may be some problems with definitely problems with pro metabolic because of the deuterium aspect. There's a poor understanding of deuterium there, but even keto carnivore, you know, needing to do those year round also. So what is your thought, thought process or approach to diet when we look at it on a circadian or circannual type of viewpoint? Yeah, I think it's a good question and it's a really important topic. Trendy carnivore going like hardcore one thing or another, or, you know, vegan is just like atrocious, of course, but when it comes to your circadian biology, if we're really wanting to support that, and if that's at the foundation and, and the heart of, of our health and our healing, then we have to look at how is diet involved in that? How is diet connected to our circadian biology? And we know that light is. And so we go out and we do the sunlight RX or you practice your, your sunrise routine and, and we support our circadian biology in that way. But we also are all our entire food chain is connected to sunlight as well. And so um, it would be much more supportive to our circadian biology and all the things you mentioned, our metabolic health, just overall health. If we also linked in this connection between, okay, sunlight grows our food, what's growing in my area, what season is it, you know, what, what's the strength of the sunlight, what can it actually produce Mm. from the ground, and um, what's able to grow, and so um, it's really, really, we're going to have huge breakthroughs when we start to go back to our diet in this truly ancestral way, you know, our Mm -hmm. ancient ancestors, they couldn't just, you know, be um, eat the same thing 365 days a year. Just like it wasn't possible. It's not even no. realistic. It's not possible. Mm-mm. The sun angle changes, sunlight changes. Even if you live in the tropics, there's growing seasons and wet seasons and drier seasons. And um, this is like how we can improve our circadian biology even more when we put this make this connection when we, we bring more importance to this, this real connection between sunlight, food, what grows in our region, you know, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the thing that I like, it sounds so silly, but I was like, what? So UV index, only certain foods can grow during that UV index. Right. And so yeah. does it make sense to be eating a pineapple in the middle of December, right? Like if you're living in Atlanta, like I am, you know, does that even make sense at all? (laughs) Right, right, exactly, exactly. And, you know, if we can start shifting our mindset to these sort of things, because the grocery store makes this type of thinking, just like, we don't even need to think about this. We just go in, okay, we get organic, we get the fruits, we get the veggies, we get the grass fed. And that's like, 
you know, everything's laid out there and it doesn't matter what season it is. There's going to be bananas and fruits and squash and everything, you know, mm-hmm. available to us. And so this, this food convenience has made it like, we don't even have to consider the seasons. Like if, who cares? Like that's totally left our mindset. So, um, we have to really bring that back in and like, you know, I, I encourage people to shop at their farmer's markets because yes. it kind of makes it more, you know, much simpler and obvious as to what's growing in, in season. But this is a really interesting thing that I talk about. And it's, it's called the sunlight diet. And it's something I just put out, which talks about diet in this way where it connects, like it has part one, which is circadian biology. What is it? sunlight what is it how do you use it to heal and then this whole dietary piece um which links these three really core um aspects of health of of eating of healing of living but one really huge huge part that i think um has a lot of room for growth in terms of research and um I guess just research would be the, the, the word here is this link between sunlight and our gut microbiome and sunlight and what foods grow and how sunlight changes our gut microbiome because, mm. it, because of its rays in general, but also because of the type of foods it can grow. And this has a huge impact on the type of bacteria in our gut. And, you know, I talk about this in the sunlight diet. And one example I like to give is, um, when you're in the heart of summer, you have these really like these foods that are, that'll break down really easily. They're like Mm -hmm. super compostable. They'll like, you leave berries on the counter for a few days and they'll like turn to mold or, you know, you have some sort of fruit or red, like a cucumber, it's like going to get squishy and it's going to go bad really quickly. Yeah. These are, these foods have more of like these simple carbohydrates in them that we've been taught to think are like, oh my God, avoid them. They're bad. But that's the type of light that really strong UV light is producing those kind of mm, nutrients in the food. And so if we're out doing our circadian biology sunlight practice and we're simultaneously eating those foods, the gut microbiome is going to be very equipped to handling those foods, to being able to actually have the bacteria in place to absorb, assimilate, and utilize those foods. Mm -hmm. And, And then in the fall, when UV light starts to go away, we see a huge shift in, in what can be grown. We go from these simple sugars to these complex carbohydrates. We go to the like really robust squashes and the root veggies and these more complex carbohydrates. And when the sun shifts, the gut microbiome shifts as well. And the body becomes more equipped to handle these sort of foods um, as we get ready to go into, to winter, these foods that you keep them in your root cellar or your cellar or your fridge even, and they're going to last like months. Yep. Um, and of course, you know, we add in 
the the standards like always the grass fed and the wild caught and the healthy fats but in terms of fruit and vegetable selection which i feel like is probably the most confusing mm-hmm. um for people like you know what what kind of fruits and veggies to eat and when i feel like that's totally off the radar but if we can you know make this kind of connection again um i think people will have really huge health breakthroughs i think so too i mean just talking about sunlight and the gut microbiome period yeah. i think that's a huge topic because the gut is such a huge topic these days and everyone is investing in probiotics, investing in, you know, in uh, fermented foods and this, that, and the other. And I don't, I don't see those, uh, fixing the problem for a lot of people. I mean, the issues people are having with like SIBO and H pylori and just the number of gut issues that people reach out to me just on my Instagram page, I've got, you know, this, I've got that, what should I take? And I'm like, you got to get your circadian rhythms down first. And people are so like, Oh, that's stupid. I got (laughs) to DM somebody else. That's dumb. Uh, thanks. Bye. (laughs) Oh, those are the best. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they, they don't, they don't typically say that just to credit. Most people are nice and they're just like, okay, thanks moving on, you know, but maybe we could touch on that a little bit deeper because I think this is a topic that I think people are just like, no, circadian rhythms and my gut health are, they have nothing to do with one another, but they, they really do. Correct. Oh, a hundred percent. Like it's of course the whole body does, but the gut is like huge in terms of circadian biology because circadian rhythms, just think about how often you're supposed to have a bowel movement. Like there's a rhythm to it. There's a cycle to it. Like if you just know you're supposed to take a dump once a day, like at least like in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing, but also it's, it's the, the guts, the largest storage tank that we know of right now for serotonin and how do we make serotonin in UVA sunlight. And serotonin is responsible for so many things, moving the the stool down the track. It's responsible for our mood. It's responsible for actually producing certain beneficial microbes and bacteria. And if you're not in sunlight to stimulate that whole process, which sets your circadian biology, the whole thing's gonna be thrown off. Mm-hmm. And um you know, we talk about the mitochondria so much, but you know, the, the gut bacteria, mitochondria are also a form of bacteria. They're very much influenced by sunlight cycles of night and day and, uh, light and dark. Um, it's absolutely huge. And we, we really destroy the, the gut microbiome in a lot of ways. And, a couple of those ways are, as you mentioned, like if you're not in sunlight, your gut microbiome just simply isn't going to have the number of beneficial strains that it's supposed to have because it's not getting that UV light or even red light um, that stimulates the production of all these different bacteria. Mm-hmm. So if you're just staying inside your home or working on your computer all day and you're not outside, 
right there, you, you compromise your, your gut microbiome just by that lifestyle. And I think there's been actually some studies, not that I really, um, believe many studies, but, um, I think a lot of them are done pretty poorly, but yeah, I think there's at least been a handful showing that if you just are in an artificial blue light environment, your gut microbiome is, they use the word simplified. So there's just not as many strains and um, there's more metabolic issues because people talk about metabolic health all the time. There's the, there's several um, bacteria strains in your gut responsible for blood sugar regulation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, that's just influenced by the type of light that we're, we're around. Um, and I don't know how, how deep you want me to go into that. I think people have yeah. a good understanding of circadian biology on, on your, on your show. Yeah. I hope, I hope they, <laughs> I hope they do by now. I've been trying to reiterate that for the last year or so yeah. that the importance of it in our overall health, but, um, yeah, I, I think that people underestimate, like I'm, I'm a little hot right now. Cause I'm also like 35 weeks pregnant and I'm in the <laughs> August heat out here, Yeah, but I've moved my podcast studio out here. My have the hard, you know, the ethernet line running out here, you know, it. since the last time we did a podcast together. Um, because I understand that I don't want to be stuck down in a dungeon, yeah. you know, with artificial light and that is just not healthy for my body period. I don't feel as good. I think people, once they actually just maybe even have that experience of, you know, being outdoors a little bit more and being stuck yes. indoors a little bit less, they yeah. they're like, oh, I do feel better. I do feel less depressed, but yeah. I don't know how many of them understand like on a scientific level, like what's actually happening, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, th I think when it, um, just, just briefly, maybe if there's a new listener or something out there to your show, when you're tuning into this, um, and especially when it comes to the gut microbiome, we've all heard of the gut brain access. Mm -hmm. And so, um, when the, the light that hits your eyes, whether it's indoor light or it's sunlight, it's going to um, influence how the brain, the light that goes through the eyes and goes back in, into the brain and gives certain messages to the brain, how the gut brain axis communicates with each other. And it's going to be much more um, healthier, clear communication when you're just outside in the natural environment and uh, versus, you know, when you're inside under artificial light, the communication is going to be very different. And that communication is, okay, what bacteria do I produce? What time of day is it? You know, what it influences, what should my feeding cycles look like? When should I be hungry? When should I not be hungry? When should I be sleeping? You know, et cetera. So, um, the the main circadian hub for the body is is really right behind the retina and so the light that that penetrates through your retina is going to influence the entire circadian cycle for the body and that has a huge part to do with the gut microbiome and um the gut brain axis i feel is like huge in terms of this communication uh line between light 
and your gut and then the food that you're that you put into your gut yep. and then that communicates back with your brain and so if you're putting the pineapple in in january but there's no uv light in yeah you're going to get brain fog because you're going to maybe even a headache or feel like lethargic because these are two different messages you're you're giving your body there's no uv light but wait here's the, the that light that's contained in your food and now there's these mixed messages going on yeah, I think that's a tough one for people because yeah, they've never really been taught about food in that way. They've just yeah. been, like you said, we're so conditioned to just go to the grocery store, even like Whole Foods, which is quote yeah. unquote, like a healthy place right. to go, which that yeah. is questionable. <laughs> Oh, so questionable. Yes. I've got to do a post on it. I was just in there the other day and they had yeah. this like sign up there and it said, um, you know, only the healthiest of ingredients. And then like underneath it was like these like all, all natural organic, like corn chip snacks. Uh -huh, and I pick up the package that's like underneath this, like we use only the best and all natural ingredients. And it's like canola oil, like uh -huh. corn. I'm like, what yeah. in the hell universe is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, this yeah, is, but pe people are not like weird like me that know that this is total BS and like yeah. crap. And they're okay. I'll buy this for my toddler. I'll buy this for my kids. This is a great healthy kid snack. I'm at Whole Foods, so we're so right. we're so confused about like what is healthy, what is acceptable. Like I've been doing these posts about oat milk on my Instagram. Yeah, girl, you would not. <laughs> Why is oat milk not healthy? Like, can you milk an oat? <laughs> let's not put oats into a blender and then drink it. Like, why is that a good so idea? Good. Like, why is that even question of why? Why would you, the thing is why would you even think that was healthy? Right. Like you could you could somehow turn oats into milk. That's like a healthy choice. Right. And then if you buy the kind from the store, like the Oatly, it's got rapeseed oil in it is like one of the first <laughs> ingredients, which is straight canola yes. oil Yes. and sugar. And if people are like, what do you mean? That's not healthy. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do around this. And that's, these are the people who are going to be like, what do you mean? Some like grows my food and I should eat it according to the diet because they're eating, you know, oat milk out of a box and the first ingredient is canola oil right like, we, we do have a long way to go yeah yeah we do we, we have a long way to go and but some people are 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 on point they're they're kind of you know up to speed <laughs> I think my audience is is open you know yeah. they they yeah. want they really want to do the right thing and I think that's a lot of the messages that I get on my Instagram yeah. is people that are like oh my gosh, I didn't know that that was bad. What should I do instead? Should I do almond milk? And I'm like, no, don't do that either. No, <laughs> no almond yeah. milk, no soy milk. Like yeah. if you cannot tolerate raw cow's milk, then just don't bother. Don't, just, it's okay. Just don't eat it. You, you yeah. don't, you don't need it. It's not essential to you. You could get yeah. some good grass-fed beef, wild-caught seafood, some nice yeah. healthy bone marrow, like, yeah you don't need it, you know? Um, but we've just been so conditioned to yeah. think that, you know, this is healthy, that is unhealthy. And we yeah. don't just get down to common sense. Like this conversation yeah, right. is like common sense, in my opinion. 
exactly. it's com it's common sense to think like okay i'm in georgia it's august we got watermelon right now yeah i'm gonna go sit outside and have some watermelon yes. and enjoy the hell out of it yeah just De december do we have watermelon no, no. we got steak yeah. You know, we, got, right. we, we got the good fats. We, yeah. we we've got, we've got other things, but we don't have watermelon in December. So that doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me to eat it at that point in time. Absolutely. Yes. And I hope you're enjoying today's episode with my friend, Heather, quick little reminder, all of her links are down there in the show notes. If you want to check out her website, if you want to do her homeopathic training, if you want to check out her sunlight RX, all of that again is down in the show notes above those timestamps, which will help you kind of navigate through the different topics of this show. Had such a great time talking with Heather and enjoy all of you guys. If you are enjoying the episode as much as I did recording it, please head on over to Apple or Spotify. Leave me up to a five-star review. It helps to get this episode out to more people and it really helps the show to grow. And if you have a friend or family member who you feel could benefit from listening to this information, please do share it out to them. If you have a group on social media that you're in, and this is a topic that you guys have been talking about, please share it there. I would appreciate any sharing that you can do as a listener of the show. And a quick little shout out to one more sponsor today, Upgraded Formulas. That is my go-to for understanding the mineral balance in my body. I use their hair tissue mineral analysis with a consultation. My code to save there is Yogi12 or Yogi. That's not gonna work on any subscriptions, but I do not enjoy, nor do I recommend taking an exogenous mineral like zinc, like copper, if you don't need it. How do you know that that's not gonna throw off the natural balance of your body and create more and more issues? So that hair tissue mineral analysis is a fantastic way to understand what your mineral balance actually is. A blood test is only going to give you a snapshot and more of an acute situation. The hair tissue mineral analysis with a consultation is gonna show you 60 to 90 days of what's actually going on in your body. So check that out. My code again, Yogi or Yogi12 to save. And without further ado, let's jump back into this conversation with Heather. I had uh, Dr. Laszlo Boros on my show uh, recently. We had a pretty good Pod, like two hour long conversation. And I really try to touch on this whole idea of deuterium because like I mentioned earlier, like the, the pro metabolic, um, yeah. way of eating, I'm sure you've heard about that, yeah. uh, is becoming really popular. People are, are going carnivore and keto and they're doing it 365 days a year, you know, and their adrenals and thyroids and they're having issues, right? Yeah. So they bounce all the way to pro-metabolic where you eat, you know, Mexican. Oops. Sorry about that. You're good. It's okay. Her phone went out. Sorry about that. Okay. Can you hear, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. You're good. I don't know what's wrong with this thing. You're good. I didn't, we didn't okay. lose All right. So anyway, sorry about that. My microphone is acting a little funky today. Um, <laughs> we can edit that part out. But basically a lot of people are just saying like, you know, this is a way that we're supposed to eat year round is eating all this orange juice and fruit and, yeah. and all these things. So can you talk from your end a little bit about why <clears throat> that may not be the healthiest thing for people? Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of reasons for this, but 
I think if we bring it back to the gut microbiome piece it, and, and sunlight connection, it might, it might make more sense. Um, because the, the, and that I feel like this is also going back to the common sense, like, like you're saying, because the type of sunlight that's outside your door right now, that's the type of sunlight that's going to grow your food. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that sunlight, when you're in it, you're doing your sunlight RX, you're like, you're, you're outside, your skin and your eyes are, um, exposed to that sunlight. You eat the foods that's, that are growing in your region. And your gut microbiome, because of this gut-brain access and the type of bacteria that the UV light stimulate are going to be able to absorb, assimilate, utilize the nutrients in that food. It's going to be able to, you know, UV sunlight depletes glucose from the liver. It helps deuterium deplete any, uh, you know, deuterium deplete your food. If there's, because we know in summer, those watery fruits just have more deuterium in it. Is deuterium bad? No, not if you're getting sunlight and you're able to deplete these excess deuterium from your, your food. And some parts of the body, like the plasma, actually need higher amounts of deuterium than other parts of the body. So um, that's, that's like one connection. But let's say now you're in the middle of winter, you're still getting some sunlight, or maybe you live in an area where you're like, Heather, I never see the sunlight. It never comes out in the winter you're still going to give your body a message when you're outside. You go outside, you go for a walk, there's no UV light. When you eat foods that also um, are able to have this longer shelf life, they don't really require much UV light, they have that more complex structure. This is like a match. This is a, this is a match. Your gut microbiome changes. You're able to absorb, assimilate, utilize the nutrients in your food when you are getting the same sunlight that your food is also grown in. It's like so common sense and simplistic that people are like, what the hell? Like, no, tell me just what to, like, what supplement should I take though? Wait a minute. No, but what about carnivore? Like, you know, it's like, it's so simple. It's so, so, you know, and some people are on board, they, they understand this. And let's just say, because some people are going to have this experience, you do all the right things for your circadian biology, you're in the sun, you're eating seasonally, and you still have issues. Um, this is when in my practice, then I go to, let's look at some of the things that may have compromised your gut microbiome from being able to heal and get over the hump here and like, absorb and assimilate those those foods and the causes of that are very easy it's too many antibiotics or too many suppressive therapies like vaccinations or um uh, too many prescription medications or too many over-the-counter medications all of which destroy the gut microbiome and the immune system the gut in your gut and prevent it from making real forward movement so sometimes we have to, you know, we lay the foundation with the circadian biology. Sometimes we have to go back in and do um, more of this deeper work to help clear the effects of those therapies to allow your, your gut to actually be able to produce um, its own set of beneficial bacteria and restore the gut microbiome. So I want to mention that because maybe, you know, people will listen in and they try it and they might see some improvements or maybe they're like, shoot, I still like have this, you know, 
I still can't, I don't do well with fruit or I don't do well with, with raw dairy. These things have to do with a type of bacteria in your gut. If you don't do well with a certain food. And I really want to bring this up because so many people will go and get a food sensitivity test today. Oh, those the are love so of God, stop. Like yeah. don't waste your money on that. It's like so stressful because then you come home and you have like this long of a page of foods to avoid and then these supplements to take and you have hundreds of dollars out the door with no real answer as to, well, why am I sensitive to those foods if that test is even accurate? And the cause is really simple. Either your circadian biology is off and needs some fine tuning and or you've had too many suppressive therapies and those need to be cleared so your body, your gut, your immune system can come back into balance and um, start being able to eat these foods that are, you know, our earth, our nature naturally provides us with. Yeah, I know I'm going to get that in the comments and I know people will reach out and, and say, okay, well, I'm doing that because I do get that. I get people like, well, I was doing circadian biology. I was doing this, I was doing that. And I still had, uh, I had one woman say, I still had a stroke, you know, I still had this, I still had that. Yes. Like, well, yeah, there, because there sometimes has been a lot of prior damage that's been done to the system, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and most people, just because of how our world and our medical system is set up, has absolutely had prior damage. Who hasn't taken an antibiotic or several rounds or who hasn't been fully vaccinated or, you know, et cetera. And so I'm, I'm bringing these things up because they have a suppressive effect on the immune system. And a large part of the immune system is located in the gut. So when we suppress the immune system, um, sure, we won't get like acute infectious diseases like a cold, like a, a fever, a bad flu, high fever. You know, we won't get these things, but ever since we brought in these suppressive therapies, we don't get these huge, like really intense acute things anymore. We don't, how many adults have had a fever of 103 or four? Like, no, the immune system literally can't go there because it's been suppressed so much. And so that affects your gut microbiome too. It's the terrain, if we want to use a word that people use a lot, is totally destroyed by these therapies. So in order to heal some of these things, because I get this all the time, people have gone to this person and that person with a big name and tried all these supplements and diets. They've done this Arcadian biology and they're like, what the heck? Like, I've done all the right things. And um, until we can, I use homeopathy to help remove these suppressive effects of these suppressive therapies. And, you know, before we even hopped on the episode, I'll be, I'll keep the person anonymous, but like this person has been struggling with IC interstitial cystitis forever, has spent literally about a hundred thousand dollars to try to help it. And we do one homeopathy session together because she's done all the circadian biology. She's done the diet. She does everything correctly. But this person has had so many suppressive therapies over the course of her life that her immune system is just constantly bombarding her with these symptoms. 
And if, she, if, if this person could just strengthen her immune system, there'd be a huge breakthrough. We do one session, give one homeopathic remedy. She literally took 10 pellets and has felt the best she's ever felt in years from the interstitial cystitis because that remedy was able to start to remove the suppressive therapies from her immune system and finally give her immune system some strength and relief to get over the hump. So now all the circadian biology stuff she's doing is going to help her have a huge breakthrough when, when you, know, you combine these two things. And I wanna mention it just because like you said, many people try so many of these things and sometimes we need a little extra because the, the medicines we've had over the course of our lives have been so, they're so strong. They're very strong medications and they really impact our health. People think, oh, I take a round of antibiotics. I'll do probiotics for a week and then I'll be good. Those effects stay for your life until you know, you're able to re reverse those effects using something like, like homeopathy. So um, I want to mention that because a lot of people can hit that, that stick, that, you know, plateau and then go back down and just be so pissed off that they do everything. And um, they're still like, oh my gosh, like I just give up, you know, it can get to this place because we're not, we're not told that the therapies that were, were given the medications have this kind of effect on, on the immune system. And it sets the stage for all of our chronic, chronic issues today. I agree. I mean, there's just literally no informed consent at all. And it's yeah. like, now that I'm having another baby, it's like, I'm doing everything different. I've found a provider that is on the same page with me for the child, you know, for my child. I didn't think about any of that stuff with my daughter. I wish I had 15 years ago. Um, her life might be completely different now, yeah. but you know, we, we're just like the food stuff. Like I'm just going to go to the grocery store and get the cereal and the oat milk and it'll be fine. We do the same thing with our health, you know, yeah. I'll just find a doctor. If I get sick, I'll take the antibiotics, yeah. um, take the prescription for this, for that. And, yeah. and we don't question it. And no. then you, they, we wonder why, okay, now I'm ready. I'm ready to get better. I want to yeah. do circadian biology, eat the right diet, you yeah. know, and then they are like, well, why is this not working? You yeah. know, because yeah. we've, followed the allopathic metal, you know, medical model and allopathic food model for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And yeah, yeah hard is. to just undo that overnight. I'm not saying that it cannot be done. Cause I, I absolutely believe it can be. Yeah. Um, but I don't think people realize how, how sick we are as a society. And it goes far, far beyond the diet, you know, far beyond the diet. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I think that's a really good point to bring up just because we've been so conditioned in both with our food, with our medical choices, uh, there's so much conditioning around that, that we don't even like, we think now that getting a fever is a bad thing. 
you know, like right. people are terrified right. of it. People are absolutely, and just everything. So take Tylenol happens. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> immediately. 99, take a Tylenol. It's like, that's your body's main way of detoxing toxins, um, germs, um, chemicals. If you can't get a high fever, you can't detox that well. You, you, your, your body, your immune system, there's things just accumulate and build up. I've worked with a lot of people who have cancer. They have, most of them have no idea last time they got a high fever, like no idea. And this is why, because all of these toxins build up over time and the body can't get rid of them because yeah. they can't get that high fever to quite literally burn up the, the germs or the metals or the toxins or whatever it may be in their body. And so now we're like apps, especially the past few years, a fever, yeah. just forget it. It's like immediately I'm going to die. Right. It's like, you know, we have to be trained on how to, how do we act in these situations? Like, you don't just have to like strong arm it. And like, you know, there's other things you can do to support yourself when you're in that situation, then take a children's Tylenol or, um, you know, a Tylenol ourselves, you know, or go to the doctor and get like a shot to reduce your fever. It's, it's really of course, there are emergency situations where you have to mm -hmm. act on, okay? Like this is, yep. you, we have to use common sense. And of course, yep. but for the most part, we totally um, overdo the anti-fevers, the, uh, the, any Western meds, we really overdo it because we haven't been trained on how to do it a different way. Right. In a different way, we've been told is like witchcraft or dangerous or other horseshit that they've made up about it. So there's a there's a real effect that these therapies also have in your circadian biology, which I think is is this is a huge room for improvement and growth with our learning around circadian biology. How do antibiotics change your gut microbiome that work in light and, and dark cycles? and produce certain bacteria when you're in that light, but then you destroy that with your, with the antibiotics and your gut's no longer able to make certain bacteria. It's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing and area where, where there's a lot of room for growth in these, this community for sure. Yeah. It's, it's sad to me that, you know, a lot of people don't correlate a lot of these things like childhood chronic ear infections yeah. with some of these suppressive therapies, you know? Oh my gosh. And they're, yes. And then it continues to feed like a loop, you know, it's, yes. it's yes. crazy yes. because it's like you do a suppressive therapy and then now all of a sudden you have a little one that is chronically getting ear infections yeah. that you're treating with antibiotics and then they get another ear infection and you got to go more antibiotics and it just, yeah. it continues, you know, and I've, had to deal with that with my daughter and we've had to do so many things to try to detox her yeah. from all that stuff. I mean, we're, we've got the Magnetico sleep pad and did like uh -huh. the, we did chelation along with when she started uh -huh. doing the Magnetico and like, we've, we've tried to do a lot of things to try to reverse that damage, but it's, I mean, 
it's crazy. It's hard. It's, it's really, really hard. And parents, you know, again, like we just want to do the right thing. You know, yeah. that's all that people want to yeah. do is the right thing. And so I don't want anyone listening to this to feel bad because that's the oh, yeah. I, I get from mothers who are like hysterical, who've been giving their kids oat milk, which I'm just like, honey, calm down a little bit. <laughs> like, we, we don't need to be in his, you don't need to be crying because you give your child oat milk to stop doing it. We've Just all stop. made bad choices. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> don't buy it anymore. Yeah. But you know, when you know better, you do better. That's right. And, yeah. And that's, that's really all you can do. You can't go back and undo what, what has been done. Um, can't not do those things, but yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's tough because I do think people really, really do want to do the right thing. And the voices yeah, totally. are so strong. I mean, I even still with my husband have discussions about like the new baby and he's like, well, what if he wants to play sports? And I'm like, yeah. well, we are we live in Georgia. We can sign waivers. And he's like, well, what if they won't take the waiver? I'm like, well, then he's not fucking playing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> excuse my language, but sorry, you know, I just, I'm not willing to risk my child's health after what I've been through with, with one for a a sport or for whatever. It just is not worth it to me because you see the pain that your child goes through and it's, it's really hard to, to watch that and and be witness to it and know that it could have been prevented, you know? Yeah. So, it's a good point. And I think it's, I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned the part about like, absolutely don't feel bad about any of these things. We've all been conditioned and had yeah. to like myself, I've had to recondition myself around all of these things around suppressive therapies and diet and sunlight. And it's like, it's always a work in progress. It's always life is just this heal. It's a continual healing process. And so, you know, it's, it's exactly like you say, when, when you know better, you do better. And that this is why podcasts like this are so awesome because you hear something that maybe you've never heard before. And you're like, holy shit. Like I've totally been neglecting that part of my healing. I haven't even considered it. And now you can. And it's like, we are always going to be like made having these realizations and insights around our body, our health. And, um, so yeah, try, try not to beat yourself up too bad. Like we've, I was vegetarian for like seven years and practically destroyed my hormones until I realized like, oh, you know, let's see what's going on here. You know, when I was a teenager and it was just horrible. And that's yeah. what I knew. That's what I thought was best at the time. So I did it. And I was like, now I know that that's a really poor choice for my health. And, and for the environment. And, you know, there's so many pieces to that. And I want to tie this back in because I think this is, this is something you can bring into your own life or if you have kids with your own kids, because when you start this cycle of, of the suppressive therapies, like you're mentioning, like you get the ear infection and then you get another ear infection or that one doesn't go away and the antibiotics stop working, you get to a point where the kid um, or the adult no longer has that issue, but some sort of deeper issue then results. That's how you know you suppressed whatever that thing was, the ear infection or the strep throat or whatever the kids, the eczema, and then a deeper issue 
happens. Like suddenly they have behavioral issues or yeah. they have nightmares and they have anxiety or they have wicked constipation. As each time you suppress the, the thing, the pathogen goes into deeper layers. And it's like, it's like burying something 10 feet down and then 20 and then 30. And it's going to take a lot more time to pull that thing up by its roots. The more those, you know, we, we throw suppressive therapies at those sort of things. So, um, you know, this is one reason why I suspect school violence and shootings have gotten so out of control because these kids have so many vaccinations, so many suppressive therapies, and then, and then you throw all the crappy nutrition on top of it and the blue light. It's like these kids, their neurotransmitters, their brains and is just destroyed from such a young age. It's wrecked. Yeah. It's and you give them a, a phone when they're toddlers, you know, to Ooh. get them to shut up. Yeah. Like, that's one thing I see. I'm like, oh my God, there's a two-year-old playing you know, with their mom's phone, because mom needs the two-year-old to like calm down, you know, and it's, yeah, it's heartbreaking because I don't think the mom knows any better. I think the right. mom is thinking, what's the harm of giving my child my phone yeah. so I can get these things done around the house, you know, yeah. but it's, their brain is not developed. Yeah. And, you know, so you're throwing all these chemical assaults on the child and then the fact that their brain is not formed properly and yes. allowing them to be around that amount of radiation, you know, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like an old person, but <laughs> I feel like kids these days are pretty damn mentally ill on the whole. Yeah. No, you know? really. yeah. I'm like, we didn't have all these, yeah. <laughs> all these different specifications and diagnoses and all this stuff when I was growing it, it wasn't that way we didn't have cell phones though you know yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a pager in high school <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah. I'm just remembering that the other day I'm like yeah I remember I had my my pager I was like 16 I'd be at work and I'd get a page uh -huh. from one of my friends you know and be like, <laughs> we didn't have all this stuff though and it was so much e I, I look back on that and I'm like god that life was a lot simpler before yeah. we brought in all these things, you know, so much simpler. Yeah. I think this is good because, you know, there's a, when it comes to our brain, these things also like, think about how much we had to think about driving somewhere that we didn't know when we, before cell phones, Oh God. And we had to like navigate the landscape. Right. And like, Oh, did I pass that tree? Did I pass this thing? And like, um, you know, we would use landscape as our landmarks, like, oh, you pass the rock, you pass the waterfall, or, you know, you pass this store. Now it's like, we have, we don't even think about our surroundings. We don't have to memorize phone numbers, mm -hmm. you know, and it's really making that whole, that's a whole other aspect of brain development. That's just completely been Gone. removed. Yeah. Completely removed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. Just the whole, the whole bit of it that we don't, there's so much that I feel like is just like laziness now. Yeah. You know, we weren't even allowed to use calculators. We had to do like the, yeah. the timetables, like in 60 seconds, see how many of these you can do like the math yeah. problems. I don't know if they still do those or not. I, I have no idea, but yeah. like it was just different because there were no 
calculators, computers, none of that stuff. And I mean, technology is not all bad. I think that there's definitely some good things to it, but I think on a whole, it has not helped our kids at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's been really damaging to our kids for, for sure. Yeah, I started doing this thing where because we go on road trips a lot, and I'll like buy a map as where we're going. Oh, nice! And I'm like, I'm like, I just this is how we used to do it. Like, I need yeah. to, I need to retrain yeah. myself. It's the yeah. same thing when you know better, you do better. And this, like, yeah, I'm buying a map, and you know, uh, just to just, like see the route, like where are we going, like just to like use my brain in a different way because we've been so used to google maps and like just like siri tell us what the fuck to do and it's like we have lost you know i think this kind of ties into what we're doing just this common sense yeah when the convenience comes in you got the whole foods and this foods any time of year and your fever and the antibiotic and it's like they've removed us from this ability to make any type of choice they yeah. made all the choices for us and made it yeah. really simple. So we don't think to think right. in other ways. Right. I agree. Yeah. And one of the things that I noticed when I started watching sunrise every day and sunset, I know where North, South, East, and West is. Yes. And it's astounding to me how many people don't know, like that way is East, that's West, yes. you know, like, I know. Because I, I, I remember when I was younger, someone was giving me directions. This was before the internet and everything. Go yeah. north at that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yes. this way is north, you know? Right. But right. when you understand, when you're in tune with like cycles of nature, yeah. you know which way is north, south, and east, and west. But I don't, I don't think most people could even tell you where, you know, what, where does the sun rise? Right. You know? Yeah. What, what direction is that, you know, and yeah. where actually is that? I, I don't know that many people even have that awareness these days. And I, I think it is important. I think it, it does have to do with our health. Maybe yeah. that I sound a little crazy, but I do think it's, it's a health consideration to know where you yeah. are in space. Yeah. And I think it's a health consideration. I feel like because our, we've literally shut a part of our brain off that we've had hardwired in us since we were put on this planet like people had you're out in the forest or like when we go way back when we had to navigate the landscape and where we are those people would have been you know dead in the water if they didn't know where they were or it's like this this bio this part of our biology that we've just like you know ask alexa or siri or you know yep these sort of things so I think it has a lot to do with, we've just cut that neural pathway. Like we're just yep. separating it out of our biology and, you know, you don't have to go out and buy all your maps, but at least like maybe have your kids try to memorize some phone numbers. Or, right. Right. You know, like yeah. we have a landline in our house and I'm like, okay, like, yeah, That's I'm gonna memorize. People, are, people freak out when I tell them, do not sleep with your phone in your bedroom. Yeah. Oh. That. And they're like, well, you must not have teenagers. You must not have relatives that count on you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. uh, you can have a landline. If you people really, really need you in the middle of the night, they call your landline, Absolutely. you know, like that still actually does exist for now. Yeah. For now, <laughs> it, it may does. not in 10 years, but yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you, you can do that, but probably sleeping with the phone next to your head is a very poor, poor choice. Oh, that's a, that's a really poor choice for your health. I yeah. Mean, really poor choice. I highly recommend a landline, you know, I, I highly it's like, and it's so unpopular that it's like 30 bucks a month or 40. Right. So it's like, you know, hardly anything. And you can, you know, call anywhere, you know, in the yeah. country. So it's like, um, and then you don't have like the, the EMFs coming from it that, that and alone will, will mess up your circadian biology and when you're exactly. trying to sleep. And then you got all the, if your phone's on, if it's not on, if it's, off of airport and if it's on, it's gonna be constantly looking for Wi-Fi signals from your neighbors, from cell towers around you. Whether you live in a place with cell service or not and your phone's on, it's gonna constantly be looking and sending that, trying to communicate back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, and that creates a lot of, a lot of dirty EMFs. It's really oh, yeah. intense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have my phone on airplane mode inside a Faraday bag, like just airplane yes. mode. It's not even like right for me anymore. I know. I agree. I, I can't. And if I'm like in the car, I have on a belly band. Like I, yeah. I'm just, I don't know. People think I'm insane, but. Well, I, I hear you. They think I'm insane too. And I'm like, I, every month I get closer to be like, I am literally going to buy a digital camera <laughs> and just upload my photos to like Instagram because it's a main platform I use to connect with yep. people. I'm just going to get rid of my phone. Like just like, I'm just going to get rid of it. We we just bought a, a, a little farm in Northern New Mexico. There's no cell service. Oh, nice. There's like, um, it's all going to be hardwired ethernet. I'm not even going to be able to use the damn phone. So I'm like, maybe this is a sign to like, <laughs> just fucking get rid of that appendage. I feel like we need like an AA for cell phones these days. We do. It's a major, major addiction. I mean, it it really is. Yeah. People are very attached to their phones and yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, it's definitely tough because you do need to stay connected to family, to friends, all that stuff. And then, but then you, you know, then there's an abuse factor too. And if we're going to have our kids try to have our little children, not on phones, then us modeling it is not okay either, because then they see us doing it and they're like, well, then I should be able to, you know, that I should be able to do that too. So yeah, it goes deep. It goes deep. It goes goes deep. It goes deep. Yeah. You know, just practice some safe practices and try not to give them to your kids. And Exactly. Even if your phone's on and on airport, it's going to be emitting some sort of, of mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. They can still track you because everyone was freaking out about this Instagram. Uh, they can track my location and hackers can find me or whatever. And I'm like, y'all are just now <laughs> <laughs> like, cause everyone was posting it and reposting it. I'm like, y'all are just now getting that memo. Like, yeah location services have been off on my phone. Dictation's been off on my phone yes. for a long time. Yeah. I haven't done any upgrades on it. I refuse to do the upgrade because then it won't oh, yeah. let me turn off the 5G. Like yeah. and it's usually on airplane mode in a Faraday bag because yeah. that's the only way that you're not trackable with your phone is if it's literally in a Faraday bag and it's cut yeah. off completely the signal. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, 
they they know where you are they know what you're doing <laughs> at yeah. all times so yeah yeah i think and but the the amount of shock that people were like oh my god they they can track my location i'm like uh yeah yes. yeah yes. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of been a thing for a while it's um, yeah. yes yeah. yeah i think like because we're talking about some different aspects of health today yes um and this i think is a big one because just more so if we think about how we have conversations and relate to other people you go into a restaurant today you go into a store and some two like a couple are there or like a family every person is on their device nobody is interacting with each other nope. and it's like people are forgetting how to socialize how to have community how mm -hmm. to interact with each other how to talk about things you know and it's just become this we completely are, are are numbing our brains literally and um we we this is a huge part of health how yeah. having commu communicating with other people how to problem solve with other people how to talk things out how to talk out your feelings now we'll just look at our phone and like order our yeah. meal and like we'll just scroll whatever you know and yeah. it's like that's a huge health consideration in yeah. and of itself also definitely Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like we could <laughs> keep going down these rabbit holes, but I definitely want to point people towards your new PDF, your new uh, resource for food, for understanding circadian rhythms. And then this whole topic of circadian eating that somehow got <laughs> down all these rabbit holes. But I think yeah. starting with those things, is yeah. huge you know yeah. i think the starting to make those changes is really huge and then once you get your dopamine back to normal levels again yeah you start waking up and and looking around you know you can make some of these other changes um but i i love this resource you've created and i'll definitely make sure to link it below um anything else you want to add into the conversation around the stuff um no i i think it's been a very um diverse and unique and fruitful conversation and i think it speaks to this healing is so multifactorial and there's so many layers to consider and we tend to get really pigeonholed into this diet mm -hmm. and this supplement and avoid these things that this test said and it's like healing and life is just not that linear nope. there's so many more layers it's so complex so the sunlight diet is a great place to start because it helps to reunite you, reconnect you with nature, with sunlight, and then making this whole connection with, with your food source in your area. And it teaches you how to individuate your diet, where you're living, and um, not according to a food test, but a, a, according to like nature, season, sunlight, how to make different food choices throughout the year that support your circadian biology. So um, you can go to my site, heathershepherd.com, and there's, you'll see, um, you can get a copy of the sunlight diet there. And I guess the other thing I would mention is if anybody's like, hmm, I'm really interested in healing, and you've mentioned some interesting things about suppressive therapies and homeopathy, I have just started a homeopathy school and I'm getting ready to, to um, launch the next school, the next year, um, this September. 
And so you can go to studyclassicalhomeopathy.com to, to, if you're like, hmm, I'm curious about that. I want to learn more about that. So you can check that out if that's something that spoke to you as well. Fantastic. And I'll, li- I'll link all that in the show notes for everyone so they can cool. find it. And uh, yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciate your time today. And yeah. as always, it's been really fun to chat. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation and benefited. And don't feel like you have to do all the things at once. Right. Like, just start with where you, where you are. We talked about a little diff- bit of different things here and, you know, it's just such a cycle and progression and you know just go on step yeah absolutely thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode with my friend heather again all of her links are going to be down there in the show notes i hope that you enjoyed it if you did please 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 leave me that review over on apple or spotify or if you've already done that thank you so much please share this episode out with someone that you know would benefit from hearing the information maybe it's a facebook group maybe it's a group on telegram just share it out with as many people as you can to help spread the word about fixing your health without using so much medication so many things that we're relying upon that are just causing more harm than good in our society so please do share this and a quick little shout out to my sponsors viva rays my go-to source for circadian rhythms code yogi will save you 15 percent on those circadian glasses love the three-in-one system but they also have other options there Optimal Carnivore, my code carnivore, uppercase Y, saves you 10%. Again, those have been my go-to prenatally. I am absolutely going to be keeping those up after baby gets here very, very soon. He is going to be making his entrance. And Upgraded Formulas, code Yogi or Yogi12 to save on that hair tissue mineral analysis or anything else over on their website Thank you guys again for listening to today's episode. I will talk with you again next week.